0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, we began uh, the month of November, actually into the very end of October. um, We started a series called On Location. And the whole idea behind it is that God has placed each and every one of us exactly where He wants us. And that Jesus said, so then, you are salt and you are light. Let your light shine before men. So they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That wherever you are at, God has placed you there. And um, I preached about that for a couple of weeks. Pastor Laurie, Larry has preached about it for the last three weeks. And this morning we have a very, very special guest, a real good friend of Northgate. Uh, Tom Egam, with Hope for Kids International is with us this morning. Yeah. And I think we decided after 13 years, it really is a tradition now. It is officially a tradition um, that the first Sunday after Thanksgiving that Tom is with us and shares a little bit um, about what's going on with Hope for Kids International. I just came back from two weeks uh, in Uganda with him and 54. three other people. Um, It was the largest group I think that I've ever been on. I don't know if it's been the largest one you've ever taken, but one of them. And uh, it was an incredible thing. And one of the things that we decided um, before I left is we were talking on staff and particularly Pastor Larry came up with this idea. He said, what can we do so that the whole church can be involved in this? So it's not just a few people from our church going to Uganda, but what can we do like from the, from the youngest kids to the oldest kids to, to kind of just, everybody get in on this whole thing. And so he came up with this great idea we called nickels for Nets. And the idea was, just for the last three or four weeks, uh, for people to just bring your spare change, whatever you set aside, whatever you can, um, and just start setting aside. And the idea is to be able to buy uh, mosquito nets um, for protection against malaria. And um, so, Tom, if you would come up here, please, just give him a warm welcome, would you please? This is how much we collected. Thank no, you. I'm kidding. One, two, three. <laughs> actually, um, the response has been so, so great. And um, he already knows. It was surprise in first service, so I told him you got to act surprised oh, in second service. At my okay. age,
1: I, I can't remember what it was like.
0: <laughs> but I've always wanted to pres- have, to 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 have one now. of those oh. oversized checks. And um, I don't know that our church family knows how much we actually raised over the last three weeks just, um, just by giving a little bit. Did you tell about the middle school thing? Oh, yes, I oh, forgot. Yeah, the th- oh, just... Sh- 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 don't you want Okay. He remembers more than I do. Wow. Um, and I'm almost 60. Yeah. <laughs> Two stories. The first is, uh, for those of you who don't know, the middle school, Benicia Middle School heard about this and they wanted to get involved and their student council decided to do a contest, Boys Against Girls, to see how much they could collect over the three weeks. And uh, their goal was to raise $250 for nickels for nets. They raised... Six hundred and fifty dollars right. From Venetian yeah. Middle School Which was very very cool uh, To be partnering with our community mm-hmm. And nickels and nets are still coming in um, the, Another story that I wanted to tell you And I just heard about this one this week um, There's a three year old family goes to our church Have a three year old daughter And it is like an ordeal Getting her to go to bed at night It's like a two hour you know, ritual You know you gotta get the drink of water Say goodnight to the puppy You know the whole big deal and and she really wanted to she heard about Nickels for Nets. 3-year-old girl. She wanted to do something. She wanted to give $10 to Nickels for Nets. And so her parents said, "Okay, here's what we will do. If you will for the next 3 weeks go to bed at the right time without all the fuss with all and just put yourself to bed for the next 3 weeks, we will give you $10 for Nickels for Nets." A great teaching moment. <laughs> And she did it. She went three weeks, went to bed on her own, just without any fuss. Her parents gave her her $10. So her $10 is a part of this. And the grand total, that and more money is still coming in this weekend. But as of this week, we have raised $4,073.
1: I'm taking this to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't it you always wanted to do
0: that? Walk in and go, I'd like to deposit yeah, this. <laughs> run that through the scanner, <laughs> would you? Um, thank you, thank so you. So we good. are just so oh. excited, and I want to just thank our church family and our community, the middle school as well, uh, for just getting behind us. It's a very exciting thing. Um, that will buy over, what is it, $40, 40 $10 a net? So I think we can do better than that, I, like 8 Oh, when you buy them in, in bulk? Net. Oh, oh wow. hey. I'm buy them in bad. bulk, okay. So uh, that's going to provide over... 500 nets yeah. Uh, yeah. for kids yeah. uh, in Uganda. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. So thank you. Thank with you. With that, you. let me welcome Tom. Thank you. Thank
1: you. It's good to have you oh, with us. Great to be here. Thanks so much. So this must be a tradition now. Thanksgiving weekend, I'm here, okay? 13 years in a row now. You can expect it. Oh, hopefully I'll be here next year. Uh, uh, Thank you for your partnership from way back, way before the 13 years uh, we were partnering. And uh, I've known Ken and Betty since uh, Betty was about 12, which is like 12 years ago now. Yeah, yeah, mentally. but uh... (laughs) Sorry, it just... I still have the gift of immaturity where things just slip out and I sure didn't mean to say that. But anyway... uh... It's always a treat to be here, and it is, uh, uh, my schedule is so crazy. I travel 150 to 180 days a year, and I'm here and there and there and all all of this. Uh, I, over the last, uh, since 1985, I know I've flown over 3 million miles with Northwest Delta alone, so I've been out there a little bit, and uh, uh, I like a little normalcy, and this is normal. I'm here on Thanksgiving weekend, so don't ever disrupt me because I'll, I'll fall apart. But anyway, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I mentioned this morning that I believe we ought to give those nets to your sponsored village, Bukaya, And I made a mistake by saying, you know, it'd be a year, but we can't wait a year to give the nets. So uh, in April, it sounds like there may be two or three from the church that will go with us. That's our next time back in Africa. And uh, together we can deliver those uh, nets. You can see them and take pictures and be a part of that big celebration of uh, bringing nets. Uh, We've been trying to get nets into as many kids as we can. Uh, You've probably heard me say before that we found out that 52% of the kids die before their fifth birthday in that area of Africa. And the number one killer is malaria. And number two is uh, measles. Measles. And number three is dysentery because of unclean water. And number four is diseases related to HIV-AIDS. So we feel like we're in the triage mode. In the last three years, we have drilled over 75 deep water wells in Uganda. Uh, and uh, that's, that's absolutely amazing. It costs about $10,000 to drill a well. But it lasts for 30 to 50 years. It truly saves lives. They immediately begin to see a change in the health of the children. And obviously because they're drinking out of polluted places and uh, when you travel with us and we take you to the original source, uh, if you well, I know for me, I rarely can see a source of water like that without getting tears because I just feel like no child should ever have to depend on that kind of source of, of The basic of clean water. It's really a sad thing. So thank you for being a part of those. We'll make sure that happens. I want to show you a quick little video that our home church has put together. We're kind of in a little crisis right now with our child sponsorship program. You know, it all started here. Seven years ago when I came back from Africa, uh, I spoke in two churches uh, back-to-back right after I came back. One was in Great Falls, Montana, and one was here, your church. And uh, I brought back the list of uh, 100 kids. And in those two weekends, uh, I believe that Benicia uh, sponsored about 50 kids that weekend. And you really helped launch that. And now we have over 2,000. But the economy has really hurt people in that area. Uh, People give sacrificially. And it's $31 a month, but many people, in fact, we found out recently in a board meeting, we're looking at charts, that... um, From May until September 30th, we lost 250 of our sponsors for kids that are depending on that money to continue in school. What happens, as an example, is we try not to drop those kids out of our program because we believe we're going to get other sponsors. But in the meantime, right now we're down about 350 sponsors. And in the meantime, we try to send the money to not uh, you know we have, to, we have to send less money because obviously it, it, if it hasn 't come in we can 't send it, but less money for the same amount of kids and Then, when we were just there uh, two weeks ago, we really heard some stories of you know kids really being falling through the cracks that were unable to get their school fee paid and were unable to go to school, and we just don 't want that to happen so Um, This morning, I'm just making a special appeal that if you could be a part of sponsoring a child, even if it's just for a year. uh, Usually, we ask for long-term because you could build a relationship, but we're so desperate right now. And one of the programs that we have is that this time of year, we have a list on our website or in the back table that if you want to give a gift to somebody... Uh, but they don't need another doily or whatever you give them, Uh, and you uh, just purchase something with Hope for Kids, and then we send a nice Christmas card to them and say, you know, Jimmy sent uh, or bought a goat or a pig or something like that. You have to be careful with that one, but um, uh, in your name. And that's kind of a nice way. And if you want to do that with a sponsor and a child, we can set that up for you today. So consider that. But let me show you this quick little video of our sponsorship program. It'll tell a little bit more about it.
2: For over 37 years, Hope for Kids International has been making a difference to children and communities in 98 countries around the world. Countries that have been suffering from extreme poverty and disease. Hope for Kids International strives to rescue and restore poverty-stricken villages through various life-saving projects. The mission behind Hope for Kids International is to share the love of Christ by providing for the practical needs of children across the world. Whether it's providing clean water, nutritious food, basic health care, quality education, or the truth of God's Word, Hope for Kids International serves children by focusing on four basic principles. Dignity, health, joy, and love. Now this is where you can get involved. Hope for Kids International sponsors thousands of AIDS orphans and needy children from around the world. Child sponsorship is your opportunity to transform the life of a child. Through monthly support, you will empower and equip these children to create a better life for themselves and their families. And through the process, your life will be enriched and impacted beyond belief. Hope for Kids International has children available for sponsorship in various countries spread out among four continents. The need is so great in these countries that there are not enough sponsors to match up with the children. However, with your sponsorship, we will be able to reach out to one more child in need, and that makes all the difference to the life of that child. Your generous gift of $1 per day, $31 per month, is all it takes to change a life, a family, a village, and ultimately, a community. Your monthly commitment and sponsorship will help meet the critical health and educational needs of your child. Sponsors receive a photograph of their child, along with a detailed profile that will give information about the community where the child lives, his or her school grade, health information, and current interests and hobbies. Along with financial support, we encourage sponsors to establish communication with their sponsored child through letters and family photographs. Communication helps your child feel encouraged and valued, ultimately building self-esteem. Throughout the sponsorship process, you will also receive letters and homemade sentiments from your sponsored child. The children eagerly await for your letters and personally respond themselves, helping to build a lasting bond. Hope for Kids International is unique in that it offers sponsors the awesome opportunity to meet their sponsored child in person. There is no sweeter reward than to meet face-to-face with the child you've been financially supporting, encouraging, and praying for. Just think about what a difference you can make with your time, attention, and resources. Bring hope to a child today. There is no better way to spend a dollar a day.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's moving. And uh, last hour, uh, I know after the service, uh, I think we got 16 sponsored kids, so thank you, thank you, thank you. It, uh, when you meet these children, uh, and you get to be face-to-face, and you see the difference it's made, I mean, it, we believe that education breaks the cycle of poverty. And so this gives those children a chance to go to school. We give them free health care at our hospital there or at our uh, clinics. And it absolutely changes their life. Butlers, you have a child. Where is your ch- child? Peru. In Peru. Uganda. And Uganda, both. Um, they've traveled with me a, uh, a number of times. Uh, when they're along, the team seems bigger, anyway, because <laughs> they're hard to handle, especially, <laughs> especially Jenna. You know, she's just out of control all the time. No, I love your family so much. Um, but when you get to meet your child, it really is special, isn't it? It, it makes it very personal, and that's one thing that we hope that, that can happen through your relationship. Well, I want to uh, just focus on something quickly here on why more of us don't respond, um, when we come back from a trip, like we just came back from in Africa, we're moved by what we've seen, we want to recruit people to go, we want people to see the need that's there and that sort of thing. But oftentimes we're met with uh, a lot of apathy and a lot of, well, who cares? I have even had people say to me, well, but that's Africa. And when I hear that, it, it bothers me so deeply because I believe as a follower of Jesus, that He is the creator of all, and that He has created all of us. And as you were saying, Ken, we are purposed to be right where, we're, where we are. Is that right? You know, and why is it that I'm purposed to be here in America and have all that I've had and have, and little Pashansa is born in a very poor village in India and has nothing to where her father wants to sell her as a bride when she's 12. You know, what about that little child I saw in that little video? Uh, I can't think of his name right off, but he's a little kid I've known for a few years in a gypsy village in Romania. And he, he has a tough life. His dad is a raging drunk. And he has two little sisters that are just as precious as can be. And we provide for them that they might go to a school and have a fair shot at life. So many kids in Africa that I can mention. My little Fiona is a little girl that I just love so deeply. And she, uh, I met her mother and, and her mother was this beautiful lady. And then uh, when we were there, her mother actually died of HIV AIDS. And to see Fiona And Oliver, another little friend of hers that have both lost their mothers, and to see them in our boarding school and to see them getting a Christian education and seeing them, uh, Fiona actually is the lead. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, Ken. She's that little thing that's always up front leading the orphan choir and dance. She's just a doll. And I think, what a change in her life because somebody, well, a a nurse in Phoenix sponsors her. Her name is Virginia. Virginia. It changes their life, transforms their life. So we see these needs. We see we can connect. We see that we can, we can make a difference. And then, you know, we think, well, why wouldn't everybody want to get involved in this? Well, I think a couple things happen. One is that we isolate ourselves maybe because of skepticism. And I'll be the first to admit, the older I get, I think the more skeptical I get. I, I'm even cynical about a lot of things. I hear moving stories, but probably my first reaction is cynicism. Because I wonder, are you really? Is there, are they really going to help them? Doing this 37 years, you tend to have a cynical heart because there have been uh, uh, things that I thought were going to work out well that didn't. Or somebody stole money, or there was corruption, or whatever. And so you could just full and say, I'm not helping anymore. None of it goes to where I wanted it to go anyway. That's why we're so careful to make sure that we monitor closely, that we do a lot on the grassroots. We see a need for a well, we drill the well. We don't let another company do it, we do it. So we know what gets done. Our sponsorship program, uh, our staff are very passionate about making sure that things happen, that that child is being cared for. Uh, so cynicism. Uh, skepticism. We, we, we think, well, we can't make a difference anyway, so we just shut down. And I have people uh, that say, I used to give, but I don't give anymore because of this or that or whatever. And it's easy to close down. The other thing is, I, I don't really think we value a life. And as a follower of Jesus... I have to believe that God purposed that I'm here, born here. Though Before I was born, he saw me in my mother's womb. He counted the days. He had a plan for my life. And we often say that, that I often say, this is the purpose for which I was born. Somebody asked me last week, what would you do if you didn't have to earn an income? or Money wasn't the object. I said, I do exactly what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. And to be able to make a difference, to know that you can actually change a life or make a difference is very important. In fact, recently, I was, uh, uh, I've was i always liked motorcycles. Uh, I have a Harley. All right? All right? What kind of bike do you have or love? So you know what I'm talking about. Sometime when I come home, uh, I'll be a little stressed out from everything going on. And carrying a heavy burden, my wife will say to me, I think it's time you take a ride. Right? You understand that? We went up to Alaska and we towed the motorcycle behind us in our, um, uh, I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, behind, Yeah. Oh. Are you jealous of that at all? <laughs> Alaska? Oh my gosh! Well, I love bikes, and, and I have my whole life, and I've got a Harley Davidson, which is truly the only bike. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, not long ago, uh, I live in Phoenix, so you come home in July, and you know it's not like oh let's go for a ride. It's 116, you know. But luckily, I live in the north part of Phoenix, and I, I just drive ride north. And about 45 minutes or so later, I can actually be climbing this beautiful 89A road with, I forget how many bends, but it's, it's beautiful. And you get up to an old uh, uh, mining town called Jerome. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. That's, have you been there on your bike? Oh, let's ride sometime, all right? Uh, but uh, it's, it's in the 70s up there. You're 7,500 feet high, and oh, I just, I can breathe, I'm, you know, I'm so relaxed, and a couple hours of that, and I'm, I'm good. But while I was riding up there not long ago, in fact, this uh, late summer, um, I noticed a sign I hadn't seen before. It was a big old sign along the highway, and it, it's talking about this meteor crater, one of the greatest things to see in the state of Arizona outside of the Grand Canyon. Have any of you seen that? The the crater? Yeah, it's like one... You probably rode your motorcycle over there. (laughs) How would I guess? Uh, The the crater itself is a mile wide. They say 50,000 years ago, an asteroid or meteorite hit that spot in Arizona at about 26,000 miles an hour. It left an impact. And it's cool to see. I've seen it. And it, it, it really is amazing to see. And you're thinking, wow. I mean, nobody argues that... There was not an impact there. That's one of those for sure things. You know, you go, something big hit this place going pretty fast, and it left this thing. Now, I'm thinking about impact, and then I'm obviously trying to personalize it, and I'm thinking, what about my own life? What kind of impact am I making? And I often talk to our staff about, let's increase our impact. Let's Expand our impact. Let's make our money go further. Let's help deeper. Let's do this. Let's truly make sure we are changing lives through uh, through this ministry. And I was thinking about the impact. And I think the older you get, and like I said, I'm almost in August. I'll be sixty. So uh, boy, I'm going to be crabby then. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, the the older you get, I think you know you you become more. Uh, aware that you might not live forever. (laughs) How's that? And you start thinking, what kind of impact am I leaving in my life? Will there be enough evidence because of my life that people know that I lived? You know, what do you want on your gravestone? That sort of thing. In fact, uh, last weekend I was speaking in Rancho Palos Verdes and I had a man, 53 years old, come up and say to me, you know, I'm 53. I've exceeded every goal I've ever had. I'm doing so well. But I have made little impact, if any. And I want to start doing that. And he actually sponsored a well. We look at our lives and say, what kind of impact are we making? What difference are we making? No matter what age you are. Are you making a difference in your school? Are you making a difference in your place of work? In your community? It's just as important that you're in your community as it is across the sea. But are we making a difference? Here's a scripture that really helps me. Because I think an obstacle is that we don't recognize that it's even something we're supposed to be a part of. And then we don't really care. It's found in James 1, verse 9. It says, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position." That's really the reverse of the way we usually think. Because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, Here, a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, You stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom He promised those who love Him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of Him whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So the Scripture is very clear of how we are to treat the poor, that they're valued in God's sight. I often say to our teams that travel with us, specifically to Africa, I often say, you need Africa more than Africa needs you. You know, in speaking to the Butler family this morning, I heard their highlights. It was about the people there. It was about experiencing. Liza was talking about the foot washing when we washed the widow's feet and how amazing that is. And how humbling it is. Uh, We gain so much. I I can't imagine my life. And I'm sure you would say the same, Ken. Without the relationships we have in Africa. The giving that they give back. The joy that they have. The expression in worship. I've often watched those people worship with their whole hearts and all their energy. And thought, if my life was like yours, I wouldn't be even sitting in church giving thanks. I'd be complaining. I'd be angry because these people are living in extreme poverty without access to clean water and medicine, and they lose their children uh, at early ages. I mean, I, I can't imagine, but they have this faith. Five years ago, when I went through cancer treatment, it was the Africans that inspired me writing me and telling me at 5.30 in the morning we're gathering for prayer in the church to pray for you. We're going without food and water. We're fasting and praying. It's so humbling. They're so rich in faith. They have so much. I look at our helping around the world very differently than the whole Santa Claus thing. I've got a lot, so I'm going to give you some. It's not that way at all. It's realizing these are our neighbors. These are little kids that need water. I know one of the most moving things I experience is when we go dedicate a well, and they show us the original source where they were getting water. Sometimes I I don't think I ever can see that without tears, thinking, No child should ever have to come to this putrid, stinking water and depend on life, that that's their source of water. That's one of the things that moves me to speak boldly and say, can you help us? Can you partner with us? I look at it as a partnership, that we're not like saying, here, 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 that we're hearing them say, lift us up together. When we educate a child, I said, that breaks the cycle of poverty. That'll give them a chance to be productive. We've given microloans. We've helped widows with, with job training and different things like that. And we've got story after story of some of these women now providing for their families. To me, it's like a partnership. It's like, God, you blessed me because I live here. So there's a, a scripture that says, where much has been given, much more is required and I see how much is required of them. And I think, does that mean much more is required from me? And I have to come away thinking, yeah, it does. But I've got to see that each one of those children we're talking about were created by our creator. And he's allowed them to come across my path that we can respond and say, let's partner with you. Let's help you up a little bit. Let's, let's encourage you. Let's at least give you fresh water or a hospital or a clinic or an education. So often I see the difference we can make and I think, oh, why aren't more of us involved? Maybe it's because we don't see the value of one. If God sees you with such high value, don't you think he sees the same value from that little child in Romania or India or or Africa? And some of them have faced some of the more terrible things of life, and yet they have so much hope and so much joy that they can live their life with faith in Jesus Christ. and, And what's different about working in some of those areas is when the kids come and beg, they're begging for school fees. They want to go to school. And I I see that need, and I just think, God, break our hearts. Move our hearts. Remove that cynicism. Remove that skepticism, and 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 let's get involved somewhere, locally or internationally. Let's make a difference. What kind of a Impact are we making? I've got a, a lady I love to talk about. She's 81 years old. She, the only reason she wasn't with us in November, she had a hip, hip replacement or a knee, one of the two, and uh, probably will be with us in April. Uh, the last five years, she's traveled to Africa with me, celebrated her 80th birthday uh, in Africa. And she told me, we gave her our Global Hero Award a couple years ago, that the last five years of her life, She made a greater impact with her life than she did the previous 75. It's never too late. And when I hear about kids giving for nets, I think, wow, you guys are making a difference already at your young age. You're making a footprint, an impact. There's going to be a child sleeping under a mosquito net and has a better chance of living because malaria is the number one killer. Because you gave some nickels, some pennies. Together, can I, I look at this potential here, just in this room, these last two hours, and think, what a difference we could make in our community if we only knew that that was God's purpose for us. And sometimes I think we're a little surprised that God would want to use us. But He does. And then the fact that we have to have our hearts changed to say, that's our neighbor. When you tell me about a little girl in India, that's my neighbor. I need to care about her. And there's the vehicle by which I can help her. So what kind of impact? One of my favorite little Bible characters, probably because her name is so weird, uh, it's a girl named, a lady named Tabitha, which it says translated is Dorcas. I, hope, I made fun of that name one time, and a lady came up and told me her name was Dorcas. Have I offended anybody here today? Good, no Dorcas's, but that's a weird name. But anyway, that's, that's, that's my humor. And someday I'll grow up. Maybe when I'm in my 60s, you think? Yeah. But what I love about her is, here's why she's written up in the book. Here's why she's listed. It says, she was always doing good and helping the poor. Wouldn't that be great if they put that on your gravestone? It's always helping the poor, always doing good. Wow. Well, let's pray and ask that God would really touch our hearts. God, the need is great out there, and we try to relate it as emotionally and truthful as possible. But God, I know that Where much has been given, much more is required. And I I know that you're calling me uh, to a place in my life where it'll be, the remaining years I have will be given in in a greater way than ever before. God, I pray that each one of us, as we look at our life, that there will be evidence that we were here, that we truly will be making an impact, like daily that this will be a better place because of these children and their generosity, that kids will be laughing and playing and playing football, soccer, because a mosquito net saved their life, because they're drinking fresh water, because they're getting an education. God, move our hearts by what moves yours. We surrender our lives again at the end of this year and say, God, we desire to be used in a new way. Help us with our prejudice. Help us not to be prejudiced, but to be open to your leading and your guiding. We surrender this time to you and these words and ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to our hearts about changes that need to take place in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.